0: Like so many others, who you are is largely a result of your past. We have so many positive and not so positive experiences that we start to doubt ourselves and our place in this world. Let the healing process start now. Welcome to Shift Happens with Karin Weary. When you start to focus on healing from the inside out, you'll learn so much more about your own health, your well-being, and your state of mind. Once you've started on that, the rest gets a little bit easier every day. Now, here is your host, Karin Weary.
1: Hello, and I am so glad that you tuned in to Shift Happens because today I'm going to talk about a topic that is near and dear to my heart. In fact, I am so passionate about this that I've dedicated my life to shining a light on this topic and not just to shining a light on it, to help heal people from this. And what the topic is today is how trauma changes your neurobiology. It will literally change your the structure of your cells, uh, the size of your brain, in fact, even and it can change your entire uh, trajectory of your life. Now imagine this 10-year-old little boy out on the baseball field. It's It's the end of the game, and it all hangs on his shoulders. There are two kids out on base, and if he gets a hit, they're going to win. If he doesn't get a hit, they're going to lose. So there's a lot of pressure on this little 10-year-old boy. The pitcher winds up, tosses a ball to him, and it's a strike. He doesn't hit. Pitcher winds up, throws another pitch. It's a ball. Ball goes back out to the pitcher, and he pitches again, and it's another ball. This game is pinging on these two boys, the pitcher and little little boy, up in the batter's box the fourth pitch is a strike but he strikes out and that is the end of that game and his team lost so with a heavy heart he walks back over to the dugout and as he's on his way over to the dugout he looks up in the stands and sees his dad shake his head shrug his shoulders and then look down How does he interpret that reaction from his dad? Well, he interpreted as his dad was not being happy with him. He disappointed his dad and that he's a failure. And how many times does this happen? This one little incident, and it's just one of many daily, weekly, monthly incidences that we all have in our lifetime, that shapes what we think about ourselves, how we feel about ourselves, how we show up in the world. Because as this negative belief of I'm a failure, I'm not good enough, becomes part of the new neurobiology because we usually Don't have just one incident where we felt like a failure. Not that he he was certainly not a failure. He was just doing the best that he could in that moment. And, um, but we have many times over and over and over again where we don't get to perform the way we wanted to. We saw it one way in our head and we didn't. And so every time it adds up to feeling more and more like I'm not good enough. You know, I have plenty of evidence that. This is not working the way I wanted it to. Even though we have all kinds of evidence of it working and where we succeed, but our brains are designed to look for things that don't go well to protect us. Now, in hindsight, after the fact, you know, when he was an adult, he found out that, or later on, I can't remember when, he found out what really happened up in the stands was the person sitting next to his dad was asking him, "Hey, do you know where there are any Italian restaurants around here?" And he shook his head, uh, shrugged, you know shrugged his shoulders, and then looked down. <laughs> so his reaction had nothing to do with the poor boy's uh, performance or lack thereof, yet you know it was completely innocent. so this is just one example of how these things can happen. Now, this was a perfect, um, perfectly innocent situation, and, and certainly not the dad's intention to for his son to do, go ahead and take it that way. But think how many times out there in the sports world and in many other areas of uh, parents and children where uh, it doesn't go that way. It's not. It is intentional where the parent is really. You know kind of verbally beating up on their kids and uh, so it's it's not always a pretty scene out there <laughs> so we know uh, that these kinds of situations will affect our physical and, and mental and emotional health and we have this study that's called the ACE study which stands for adverse Adverse childhood experiences. So what happened was, this was back in 1995, and again in 1997, the uh, Kaiser Permanente over in Southern California, they took two waves of data collection from an HMO, a doctor's office, and they got over 17,000 people to respond. That is huge most studies have hundreds of people in the study but this one has 17,000 people so it's a really good um you know background and and some solid data what they did was that um so the people they were getting their physical exams and then they completed a confidential survey regarding their childhood experiences and their current health status and behaviors, so they both got the their own uh, reported um, what they felt about their insur- their health, as well as the actual um, data from the physical exams to compare. So what they found was that there are uh, there's this list of of events. That the more of these events that people experienced in their childhood, age 18 and under, the um, the greater, the more health problems that they would have. So what kinds of questions did they ask on the ACE questionnaire? They have three different categories that they look at. They look at abuse, which they divide up into emotional abuse, which is a parent or step parent or some adult living in the home who swears at you, insults you, put you down, act in a way to make you afraid that you might be physically hurt. Then there's physical abuse. Same thing, an adult or a parent or parent who lives in your home who either pushed you, grabbed you, slapped you, threw something at you, or hit you so hard that you had marks or you were injured. That one's much more obvious. Then there's, of course, the sexual abuse, which... Is um, I, um, identified as an adult, a relative, a family friend, or a stranger who's at least five years older. So, because we have that age, we're talking about a big age differential and power differential in size and scope, who either uh, touched or fondled your body in a sexual way, or made you touch their body in a sexual way, or attempted to have any type of sexual intercourse with you. So, that was on the abuse scale. On the household challenges, did you ever see your mother treated violently, your mother or stepmother, who was pushed, grabbed, slapped, had something thrown at her, kicked, bitten, hit first, hit with a fist, hit with something hard, repeatedly hit over at least a few minutes, or ever threatened or hurt by a knife or a gun by father's or boyfriend or stepfather? Uh, household substance abuse. If, was there someone, an adult in the house who had problems with drinking um, or illegal substances? Or in these day, this, this day and age, prescription drugs were not taken as prescribed. And then there's mental illness. Somebody in the household who was depressed or mentally ill or attempted suicide. Here's another one that is rampant, parental separation or divorce. And uh, criminal household members, so someone in the household who went to jail or prison. And then there's neglect. There's emotional neglect, which uh, you did not feel as though you were important or special. You did not feel loved. You felt as though nobody really was looking out for you, and you didn't really have any support system. Then there's physical neglect, which is, you know, of course, the obvious. Either they didn't take you to the doctor if you needed to go, you um, you didn't have food to eat, your parents were either too drunk or too high to take care of you, or you had to wear dirty clothes. Um, so those are some of the things. So imagine how many people have experienced at least one of these. And it's quite significant. So... The CDC, the Centers for Disease and Control Prevention uh, and Prevention, they talk about different forms of violence. They talk about child abuse, child neglect, youth violence, intimate partner violence, sexual violence, elder abuse and suicidal behavior. They're all interconnected and what they mean by that is that they often share the same root causes, which is trauma (laughs) so imagine that and here is another thing that happens that research shows so we have the proof that victims of one form of violence let's say someone grew up and there was violence in the home um, any of the ones that I mentioned they are more likely to experience other forms of violence as well So we often see people who grew up in abusive homes and then grow up and become, get into abusive relationships. So people who have been violent in one context, let's say, for example, with peers, they're likely to be violent in another context. For example, with a dating partner. It's kind of the mode of operandi. Now, the different forms of violence share common consequences meaning that they affect our health across the lifespan. Like I said before, mentally, emotionally, physically, social, and with social problems. And these chronic physical health problems, they are significant diseases such as cancer, cardiovascular disease, lung disease, or diabetes. Um, And again, the different forms of violence, they share common risk and protective factors. So the thing with this is that shining the light on this, we get to take a look at where does all this violence stem from and the effect of it. It's it's humongous because it's many times the hidden piece of the puzzle. It's easy for, you know, medical people to look at you know, these are the things that are happening. Somebody has cancer, somebody has this, that, and the other. But the piece that's finally getting connected is the mental, uh, the the emotional aspect of it. How we uh, are treated, how we grow up, the environment in which we grow up, it will have a huge effect. Now, that doesn't mean that just because you lived in any of those kinds of, you experienced one or more of those um risk factors doesn't mean that you are definitely going to have cancer or you're definitely going to be a violent person it just means that you are way more likely to have that happen why is that well we will get more into that in the next segment where we're going to talk about um more about what all happens with people when they come through, when they live in those kinds of environments. And we're going to get into also some of the myths of mental health coming up. So hang in there, we'll be right back.
0: Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. Insight's Dramatic Weight Loss Coaching Program is a transformational program healing you from the inside out so you can finally achieve your healthy weight for good by resolving the underlying reason why you've been holding on to the weight. The program features nine transformational individual sessions. You'll rebuild gut health and reduce inflammation. It's not a diet. Instead, you'll learn how to make peace with food and develop clean eating as a lifestyle. Visit InsightsCounselingCenter.com to find out more. In to the Wellness Connection for the latest and most comprehensive information about health and wellness topics, from natural health and green living to regulation, political views, and legislation. Each week, hosts Peter McCarthy and Radia Gleese interview renowned experts who will answer questions and provide the keys to your better health. And better life. Listen for the Wellness Connection live every Thursday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time and noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit facebook.com forward slash Voice America. You are listening to Shift Happens with Karen Weary. Do you have a question or comment about today's program? If so, we'd love to hear from you. Call in to the live show at 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. Or send an email to KarinW at InsightsCounselingCenter.com. Remember that Karin is spelled K-A-R-I-N. Now, back to Shift Happens.
1: We're back. I'm so glad that you hung in there because we have a lot of great information coming up. Now, in the first segment, I talked about a lot of things that can go wrong in life, even from right from the get-go, and that it really doesn't take very much. You know, in some ways, it sounds as though we're quite delicate, which we're not. We're extremely resilient. What I see is missing, though, is that so many people, they... Um, they take these things that happen to us for granted, like, ah, that's just, you know, that's just life. That happened, you know, to 20 years ago or however long. That's that's all in the past. And I am totally on board with the whole uh, thinking positive and being upbeat and, and all that. I am all about that. I'm all over it. However, it doesn't do us any good to Pretend that things are okay when, when I know that we can be so much better. So it can be subtle little things. How many people do you know uh, who have a hard time turning the brain off at night, and they have a hard time sleeping? That in and of itself is a huge risk factor, so to speak, and can be a big red flag that there is might just be some couple of things in there that, that you haven't resolved that by to going in and taking care of it and resolving it, you could actually start having really good night's sleep. You could actually begin to um, be able to turn the brain off and have a little peace in your, in your life. It's, it's invaluable. So, um, and I'll get more into that later because this is important. We can all get there. Now, what uh, I talked about was that especially early adverse childhood experiences lead to disrupted neurodevelopment. And why does that happen? Because whenever we uh, experience something that seems threatening to us, physiologically what happens is our brain goes into fight-or-flight mode or freeze. The brain starts shooting out a bunch of stress hormone, and it floods the brain. And, you know, that's all fine and, and well, because, you know, that's what we need to have happen in those moments. And, and it causes us to have a lot of, you know, be extra super strong in ways that we normally can't be and fast. And um, it takes uh, the blood and oxygen away from, from the uh, core parts that are all of our vital organs and shoots it out into our extremities so that we can do what we need to do. Now, that is only supposed to come and go real quick. And then it's supposed to be gone and over. We're supposed to be back at base level. Now, what happens is that when we have these things happen over and over and over again, we hardly ever get to base level. And we end up coming to this place where we're always constantly in heightened alert mode. That will then eventually lead to inflammation in the body. And we know that inflammation leads to all those diseases that I mentioned before, cancer, diabetes, obesity, uh, cardiovascular diseases, and whatnot. So it's all interconnected. What we found was that with the ACEs results was that 70% of the population that responded had one or more of those risk factors Twenty-five percent of them had three or more, and the more of those uh, risk factors that you have, the more likely you are to have all you know all those uh, uh, consequences that I mentioned before. So, you uh, with people who had four or more, they were four to twelve times had a higher risk of alcoholism, drug abuse, depression, and suicide attempt. They were much more likely to smoke and have poor self-rated health. They had would have 50 or more sexual intercourse partners, and of course with that, STDs. And 1.5% uh, uh, or likely, more likely to uh, engage in physical inactivity and have severe obesity. And this is why in my weight loss program, that I address this specific aspect of trauma in their background because when we can go ahead and resolve that, um, then people start to care more about themselves. Because when you don't care about yourself, you don't think that you're worthy, you don't think that you're loved or lovable, then you don't care about yourself. You're not going to take care of yourself either. So. And so this is a big piece of the pie when it comes to weight loss that I think is missing in most of the weight loss programs and why I address it. And it is uh, a significant piece of the um, program. So now what else happens is that when people are going through all these things, imagine when you are in that heightened place of never feeling safe, not feeling loved, not feeling worthy. Imagine what that happens. You know, people who have PTSD, they are very prickly is what the word that I like to use for them. They're just uh, very easily aggravated. They uh, are very suspicious. They don't trust. Uh, They have a hard time sleeping. They have a hard time concentrating They um, might have a hard time, uh, you know, coming up with thinking outside of the box. Well, that's the reason for that is because when we are in fight or flight mode, then the higher level parts of our brain are no no longer involved. So that means that the prefrontal cortex and all those other areas up there um, are not needed. So we have to be in this more calm state in order to have access to those higher levels of our brain. And this is where things such as um, learning how to do meditation, for example, is a big piece of the pie. Now, meditation is not going to resolve PTSD, (laughs) but it is a big piece of the pie of learning how to manage stress. And the sooner that we can learn how to uh, use meditation as a regular, everyday part of our life, just like we brush our teeth twice a day, the better off we're going to be. Um, And the earlier, because again, everything that we start early on in life becomes just a natural part of what we do. Um, Same thing when it comes to our eating habits. If you um, provide healthy foods for your children, their taste buds are going to generally, now, sure, there are definitely picky kids out there, no matter what you get them. They're going to want, not want to eat their greens, and they're going to want, you know, candy and all that. However, with, by limiting those things and exposing them to this is how we eat, you know, try it. And if you don't like it, then, then that's okay. We have alternatives, but this is how we eat. It becomes part of, of their way of being. So how else do these negative beliefs, the, the ones that I was talking about, that tend to get uh, stored in the brain as part of this whole neural network? Because, again, these trauma affect how our brain is wired and our cell structure and everything. So when the, the most com- some of the most common ones are I'm not seen, I'm not heard, I'm not safe, I'm not lovable, or I'm a failure. What happens is that becomes this um, subliminal background music that is pretty much always playing because every time an event that has that negative belief attached to it gets triggered, um, so let's say, using the baseball field um, example that um, you're back at the baseball field you have another game and um, and you' the pressures on now you're gonna bring up that event in your in your head it's like oh crap here we go again I remember what happened last time you know I didn't I didn't hit the ball and it, it was all on me because of me that we lost the game. My dad was so disappointed, and all these things are going to start happening. We know how, with sports psychology, how that affects future performance, current and future performance. Whatever it is that we're thinking about, that's what will, is going to come up. So now you're going to be not confident. You're going to be very insecure. So now you're going to already expect yourself to fail, to not hit the ball. And it becomes this cycle. And that, that transfers then over into areas outside of the baseball field. So let's say it gets transferred to school. Now the child has a test. And they're thinking about something about it, you know, reminds them not necessarily of the actual baseball field, but, you know, think about the, these similarities. There's stress, there's pressure to do well. You're supposed to perform. So, this time it's just a different environment. It's not, it's not on the baseball field, but it's in the classroom. And you know that you're supposed to do well because your parents expect you to do well. Your teacher expects you to do well. You want to do well, hopefully. So, now comes all the fear, all the insecurities. The more insecure and, and fearful you are, the less you're going to be able to come up with the answers. This is what we call test anxiety, right? (laughs) We have probably more than a couple of people out there listening who have experienced that once or twice probably, right? And where it can get so severe that people completely shut down, have panic attacks, um, avoid going and, you know, furthering their education altogether, it can be really debilitating. And let's not just even think about how awful it feels in the moment, even if you can muster up enough wherewithal to get through the test and hopefully pass and do well. However, it's a lot of stress that's unnecessary that you are putting yourself through. So, what are some of the things that uh, you can do in that moment? Some of the tricks, tips of the t- tips of the trade, um, is I like to use this one Buddhist type of um, concept where you um, separate yourself from the outcome. So, because the more that we attach ourselves to the outcome, the more disastrous we make this whole situation. So, let's say there's a test, and um, you know, I'm thinking, oh my God, if I don't get a, a 99 on it, I'm going to die. <laughs> so, it literally gets to that, you know, we, oh, you know, my dad is going to hate me, or I'm never going to be able to, you know, go on and finish high school or college or whatever. We really put ourselves in that space ourselves. It's our own brain that's doing all this. So, Separate yourself from that. It's like, yeah, you know, it'll all work out. You know, that is gonna be whatever it is. There's always another test, there's always another grade, there's always something else. And focus on getting grounded right in the here and now. And when I talk about getting grounded, it's literally feel what is going on in your body, feel the seat if you're sitting down, what it how it's supporting your body, and start breathing and notice what physically is around in the location that you are. That will start to get you into present moment right here and now. When we come back from this next break, we're going to talk about the myths about mental health and uh, some of the confusion that I come across all the time about the different types of of, uh, providers, professionals in my field of psychology. So hang in there. We'll be right back.
0: Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. Insight's Dramatic Weight Loss Coaching Program is a transformational program healing you from the inside out so you can finally achieve your healthy weight for good by resolving the underlying reason why you've been holding on to the weight. The program features nine transformational individual sessions. You'll rebuild gut health and reduce inflammation. It's not a diet. Instead, you'll learn how to make peace with food and develop clean eating as a lifestyle. Visit InsightsCounselingCenter.com to find out more.
1: Have you ever stopped to think
0: that most of the time your health is related to your lifestyle? If you eat right, hopefully you'll live well. Sleep the way you should, and you're likely to be healthy. Stress and bad food could mean a shorter and more unpleasant life. Hidden Secrets to Health with host Christina Cole helps you decode the messages your body sends you. The right changes mean the right impact on your health. Start by tuning in Thursdays at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Health & Wellness. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. You are listening to Shift Happens with Karin Weary. Do you have a question or comment about today's program? If so, we'd love to hear from you. Call in to the live show at 1-866-472-5792. That's one 472 5792 Or send an email to KarinW at InsightsCounselingCenter.com. Remember that Karin is spelled K-A-R-I-N. Now, back to Shift Happens.
1: We're back with Shift Happens. I'm Kara Weary. I am a licensed marriage and family therapist. When I'm not doing this show, and this is why I decided to talk about this topic because it is it is absolutely crucial in changing people's lives when it comes to um, figuring out what is the uh, start of a lot of the problems that we have in our individual life, in our family, in our greater society, and globally. Because today we're talking about trauma. Trauma is everywhere, every day, all over the entire glo- global, you know. And so there are, there are the big T traumas that we talk about, the obvious ones, war, you know, political strife, um, crimes, you name it, hunger, starvation, uh, poverty, all those different kinds of things. And then there are the ones that I've been focusing more on. And the only reason why I've been focusing more on those are are little t traumas is because people um, tend to kind of swipe them under the rug as though it's not a big deal. It's just part of life. Yeah, it is part of life, but it is actually a big deal. And we are all paying the price for it when people don't um, realize that they could be doing so much better. I was going to talk about, I, I was, I am going to talk about what are some of the myths about mental health. It's come to my attention in the work that I do that I, a lot of people come in and thinking, and I never thought about that because that's not how I think. <laughs> I think we can change everything as long as we put our mind to it and do find out what's going to work for you. Um, But a lot of people think that uh, certain mental illnesses are forever and genetic, and some are. You know, I would say probably things like uh, bipolar and and, uh, schizophrenia are definitely much more genetic related. Now, that being said, it's entirely possible that those may be brought on or the light switch flipped on um, because of um, the environment that the individuals live in, may, there may be high levels of stress and trauma, all these things that are listed on the ACEs. Um, that would be an interesting test or study. Um, and uh, that could be switching on that light switch for the bipolar to get started. Because when we, uh, now that we know about epigenetics, where we know that our cells are actually intelligent and based on the environment that we live in, um, different genetic predispositions may be either switched on or off. So, now, but with things such as anxiety, depression, and PTSD, post traumatic stress disorder, those are, I would say, probably 90% of the time, if not more, situational and based on um, things that have happened in people's lives. The other confusion that I want to get to, and, and that means, let me just finish that sentence, that thought, and that means that we can help people resolve those things with uh, therapies. That, and I use a particular type of uh, modality that's called EMDR, Eye Movement Desensitization and Reprocessing. It's a effective, super focused way to help the brain process the events that have happened, so that they no longer have that negative belief the ones that I've been talking about. It could be anything, the, I'm not heard, I'm not seen, I'm not safe, I'm not loved, I'm a failure. All those different negative beliefs that we attach to situations that we've been through. And, and it's, it's, it feels like magic when I'm doing the work because it, 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 it just literally, again, will change the neuro um, neural networks so we, it's like we're unplugging from all this negative trauma stuff that keeps you um, kind of treading water out there in the middle of the ocean to um, plugging into strengths and positive things. And the changes that that does for people in their lives is incredible. Now, some of the other confusion that I come across is that people don't realize the difference between the different things. Uh, um, professions in my field. So, psychiatrists versus psychologists versus I'm a licensed marriage and family therapist and mental health therapist and social workers. We do different things. So, a psychiatrist is someone who's an MD. They went to medical school and then they specialized in mental health disorders. That means that they come from the medical model, Western medical model, and that means basically they're looking for um, you know the uh, for certain symptoms and they then prescribe medication because that's that's what they do they do not um, sit down and figure out what's the background where does it come from other than were your parents depressed or this that and the other and then we're going to basically assume that that okay it's a genetic thing and that's just something that was passed down in the family and um, that's traditionally now a psychologist is someone who has a phd and they will are trained to do tests, a lot of tests. They like the IQ tests and all different kinds of testing. And but they also do therapy, meaning we'll sit down and have our session with uh, with their clients and learn and teach what's going on and and how to put all these things uh, back in place and teach tools and skills and techniques, which is what. Marriage and family therapists and mental health therapists and clinical social workers do as well. We do not prescribe medication. We do not do testing other than little self-guided types of de- tests. But we do um, zero in on what what's the background, what's the history, what are the what are the emotional wounds and the relational skill and tool set that we can teach people so that they can go out back in the world and and be better. Um. So, so, and here is one of the things that um, that I uh, want to focus on. I'm, I mentioned it, but when it comes to taking history, uh, many times people will see, oh, yeah, dad was depressed, mom was anxious, and this, that, and the other. So, that's how and why I'm anxious and I'm depressed. Well, uh, let's look at what was going on in your mom and dad's life, <laughs> right so what were their life circumstances like what was their home life like you know was there was there all these things that were are on the aces questionnaire (laughs) what the adverse childhood experiences was there violence was there and again violence domestic violence is not just physical violence it's a lot of verbal threats, put-downs, all the emotional and verbal stuff, which can be extremely scary. And let me tell you what, people who have been through physical violence as well as verbal-emotional violence, they will tell you that the uh, verbal-emotional violence is much worse than the physical violence because the physical, and I'm not going to say that's good, but it's there and it's done and it's gone. Of course, you don't know when it's going to happen again when it's intimate partner violence, but with the emotional abuse, it stays in there. It's like programmed into your brain. So now you do not need the other person who has been originally um, doing all this to you, saying all these things to you, doing all the gaslighting, making you feel like you're crazy, all that. You start to already second guess yourself. And it it's like chipping away at who you are over time. And it becomes more and more a part of who you are, and and you you lose yourself in those kinds of relationships. It's like when people get out, you have to literally figure out who you are again after that. It's you know a regular divorce where there's no uh, domestic violence or abuse is hard enough and bad enough to get out of that, and you still have to figure out who on earth am I now that I'm divorced or separated, but especially even more so when it comes to domestic violence. So now imagine what that kind of environment is going to have effect on your dad or your mom. What did they learn? They learned a lot of unadaptive or non-adaptive, productive ways of, of having relationships or of, of having discussions, uh, how to communicate, how to be a partner. They did not witness any of that. And this became part of their, you know, negative self-cognition. I'm not safe. I'm not lovable. It's my fault. Because this is what children do. Children um, at, at a young age, they think that things that happen around them is because of them. So, you know, young children they will oftentimes take on uh, the responsibility of the parents getting divorced, or they'll take on the responsibility of their parents not getting along. Especially if they were mentioned uh, in some argument when the parents they were yelling and screaming at each other. Uh, you know, I mentioned some kid. Oh, you know, you never make sure that the house is picked up and this, that, and the other. Well, if it was your toys that were floating around, um, and you, now you hear mom and dad screaming about, yeah, you know, to the other parent about how the house is a big mess, then, you know, the child is going to go, oh, crap, that was my fault. Now, I caused this whole thing to happen, and it's my fault that mom is being beaten up or being put down or why they're always arguing and, and going on. Now, imagine also what that does to your ability to be able to go to school and try to learn things it makes it extremely difficult because now you're distracted. You're thinking about, oh my gosh, what's going on at home? I hope mom is okay. I hope dad's going to come home and and be, and not, you know, have a fit, Um, you know. And so here's the thing that uh, trauma can very much in children look like ADHD. And this is where um, it's really important to take a closer look at what is going on in the family when you see a child who looks like they have ADHD, they have a hard time concentrating. They're going from one thing to another. Uh, imagine if this child is worried about uh, their parent and what's going to happen when they come home, or on the way home. Maybe if they're bullies on the way home, you know these kinds of things will sneak in and affect other areas of your life. Then now this person has grown up and now have their own children. And guess what? <laughs> they don't have the skills. They don't know how to do. Not because they didn't want to. Not because they are bad people. But this is what their experience was. And this is where we, especially, I think as parents, it's a huge responsibility for us to do our self-care because we're otherwise we're just passing this on from one generation to the next, and we really truly do have the power to stop this and turn things around when we come back we're going to talk about ways that we can prevent and end this cycle of trauma and violence Opinions,
0: options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. Insight's Dramatic Weight Loss Coaching Program is a transformational program healing you from the inside out so you can finally achieve your healthy weight for good by resolving the underlying reason why you've been holding on to the weight. The program features nine transformational individual sessions. You'll rebuild gut health and reduce inflammation. It's not a diet. Instead, you'll learn how to make peace with food and develop clean eating as a lifestyle. Visit InsightsCounselingCenter.com to find out more. Perspectives with Dr. Vadisha Patel is a program that explores emotional management for a healthier lifestyle. On each program, we discuss ideas that support emotional well-being, such as mental illness, relationships, parenting and family connections, and much more. If you are facing challenges in your life, you can grow and learn by exploring new techniques in dealing with stress, anxiety, and relationships. Perspectives with Dr. Vadisha Patel airs live Wednesdays at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific on Voice America Health and Wellness.
1: Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN.
0: You are listening to Shift Happens with Karen Weary. Do you have a question or comment about today's program? If so, we'd love to hear from you. Call in to the live show at 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. Or send an email to KarinW at InsightsCounselingCenter.com. Remember that Karin is spelled K-A-R-I-N. Now, back to Shift Happens.
1: We're back again with Shift Happens and we are going to finish up on a positive note. It's kind of been dark and and depressing possibly um, here on Shift Happens today. However, we have to know what the problem is in order for us to be able to do something about it, right? And this is extremely, extremely powerful. Like I was saying earlier, that trauma is this almost... Um, invisible global um, disease in a way, if you will call it that, that um, we have just been perpetuating from generation to generation to generation. And this last segment, like I said, is going to be about preventing and reversing the effects of trauma. Because it is entirely possible. Now, let's go over again the uh, things that happen when we have a, a parental separation or divorce, or someone in the family, they are uh, drinking or have or use illegal drugs, or, you know, those types of things. What happens is that there can become disruptive neurodevelopment. Uh, another piece is social, and emotional, and cognitive impairment. Adoption of health risk behaviors, doing risky behaviors, you know, because you're trying to fill a void with, uh, with other things and you don't have any healthy coping skills. And that then eventually leads to disease, disability, and social problems, and, and many times, early death. So, now, again, what can we do? So, I mentioned before that the modality that I use in my work as a licensed marriage or family therapist is uh, called EMPR, Eye Movement Desensitization and Reprocessing. It is an incredibly effective way of helping to reverse and not only reverse what happened in your brain, but connect with all the strengths, all the resilience that came from going through all this. So now think about, um, you know, when you notice that... so. How do you know if you have something that in, in that happened in your life that's still affecting you? Here's here's a clue: when you bring up a certain event, maybe it comes up, it floats up, you get triggered, and you um, uh, remember, oh yeah, that time on the baseball field, or when I took that test, or whatever it was. Notice how you feel. What are the emotions that come up? Are you feeling uh, disturbed by it? Is it something that makes you scared, anxious, feel? low self-esteem, any of those things, then that means that that's still affecting you. That's something that hasn't been processed. And we can go in and, you know, take care of that many times with the work that I do is a, a couple of sessions, two to three sessions. Not always. Sometimes we need more. It just depends on how many layers there are. But, it is entirely possible. So I think many times people might be more willing to go get help if they realize that they don't have to spend the rest of their life on the couch with a therapist. You don't. <laughs> okay. Um, so, um, and, and actually, I came across a TED Talks by Rolf Carrier. So his name is spelled R-O-L-F, and his last name is C-A-I-I. Uh, I'm sorry, C-A-R-R-I-E-R, and he is a developmental economist, and his talk is called Healing Trauma, Healing Humanity. It was so interesting for me to hear that one. is 16 minutes. You can Google it. It'll pop right up, and it's an excellent talk. I recommend that you go find it, listen to it, and um, because... I'm used to seeing things up close with my clients on a one to one basis. Here is this developmentalist, like, um, economist, you know, and he starts the whole thing with, what's an economist here talking about trauma? (laughs) And, And I love the fact that he's on there because he talks about it from his perspective. It's a whole different perspective. And he has this global, um, view, because he used to work with the UN and the World Bank, and the last uh, field postings he wore was um, with the UNICEF. So he's been in the worst areas of the world and seen, you know, he his whole thing was, so we go there to those countries that are just devastated by whatever, uh, war, uh, natural disasters, political situations going on, and they go in and they provide aid, and um, it, what happens is that they never really get better. They never, you know, for a little bit. So he saw the the, the common denominator was trauma, because as we've mentioned before. When people have been hurt, they will oftentimes either become a victim or the other person who hurts. So what can we do about it? The best gift truly you can give to the world is self-care. Now, um, with the CDC, the Center for Disease uh, and con- Control and Prevention, they came up uh, at, with this ACEs study with their a couple of things to um, use as prevention. One would be that uh, they they actually got a grant that extended uh, traditional practice of pediatrics, and they put them in some other places in more. Um, Places and then they did a series of office visits, home visits, and a telephone advi- advice line for parents. And and then these specialists would develop a close relationship between the children and their families from birth to three years of age. So these are the very, um, very specific. Uh, um, important, crucial part of the year, so uh, of, of the childhood, we're getting them off on the ground on a good place and helping the parents because it the become, going from not having children to having children is a huge transition, life transition. So helping them get onto that and um, they're talking about universal home visitation program for new develops for for new parents would be a great way to um, work on prevention. They also talked about increasing recognition of the occurrence and then um, you know coordinating the care of all the different people who are in touch with with children and and would see uh, domestic violence and and abuse and all those kinds of things so that they could go ahead and get that coordinated much quicker. Um, and my additions are, let's add meditation to the school curriculums, you know, where we know there's lots of research that shows when uh, children, they learn how to meditate and it's part of, of their school curriculum, there's less behavior problems. That means that they can um, better work together. They are going to learn better. They're going to be so much better and uh, Montessori-like programs, um, Where children are taught to care for their own area, they clean up after themselves. They are taught how to respect each other's space and how to communicate with each other. These are fundamental, key, um, key uh, skills. (laughs) I couldn't think of the word that that we all need as human beings. And I would say, the sooner that you have a negative event that happens in your life, you get divorced. Don't get a, you know, you have financial problems, you whatever. I would say go find a therapist and work on it so that it doesn't become something that's a permanent part of your brain. Uh, The sooner, the better, because that does not give it so much time to get settled into into your neural networks, and you can work it out. And that way, you will be able to function much better as a human being, as a parent, as a intimate partner, as uh, everything. So go out there take care of yourselves meditate journal move your body because moving our bodies we know helps us produce our own you know anti-depressant anti-anxiety kinds of um uh, neurotransmitters and and hormones and all that good stuff so uh i will see you next time thank you for jumping on here find that ted talk and catch us next time
0: Thank you so much for tuning in to Shift Happens. Please join host Karin Weary for another edition of our program next Tuesday at 8 a.m. Pacific Time and 11 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. We wish you continued success as you discover the true you.